Take your Bibles with me this morning and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 19. I'm going to be sharing verses of Scripture that are very much about Palm Sunday. You know, you only get one Palm Sunday a year. I don't know how many Palm Sundays you have left, nor do you. So you need to make the most out of this week, don't you? Hallelujah. God bless you. Take a palm with you and stand with me, if you will. Palm in one hand, Bible in the other. And listen to the word of God as we read it publicly. This is in Luke chapter 19, verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt there, tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when they came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully praising God in loud voices, for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. And they will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. I'm also going to read two verses that are found for us in Matthew. Matthew 21, the same account of the triumphal entry. Verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, turn to someone and say to them, I know who it is. I know who it is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know who it is. Praise God. Palm Sunday is the start of Holy Week. Beginning on Palm Sunday, we go all the way through the entire week. And conclude, obviously, on Easter Sunday morning. A lot can happen in seven days. Amen? A lot can happen in seven days. 
I don't know what circumstances you may find yourself in. I don't know what trials, difficulties, or whatever you may be facing. But hold on. Trust in Jesus. Keep holding on. Because God in seven days can do so much. He enters Jerusalem on Sunday. Thursday night, he meets with his disciples and they have the Last Supper. Jesus institutes Holy Communion. At that Seder meal, Jesus tells them that he's going to be crucified. Jesus is also betrayed by Judas. No sooner do they finish the meal, they go to the Mount of Olives to pray. This very Mount of Olives. We're going to be talking about this a little bit. I have a picture of Mount of Olives and Jerusalem. After this, they come. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. The soldiers arrest him. They take him to Caiaphas' house. They have a trial. They send him to the high priest. They have a trial. They send him to Pilate. They have a trial. He's beaten. He's scourged at the pillar. He's spat upon. He's afflicted. He's ridiculed. He's brought back to Pilate. And while Pilate is trying to find no cause for crucifixion, the crowd yells forth, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! And our Lord takes his cross out to Calvary. And there's a mark in the ground, in the dirt, leading all the way to Calvary. And if we could only get our world to follow that line, they're going to end up at Calvary. A lot can happen in one week because they take Jesus down from that cross, his lifeless body. They place it in a borrowed tomb. A stone is rolled over the entrance and sealed. And soldiers sit guard. But Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming! And one day, church, Jesus is coming for us. Hallelujah! A lot can happen in one week. Hold on to God. Keep exercising your faith in God and no matter what circumstances you may find yourself in. Because God can do a lot in a week. He paid for our salvation. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And we are in Christ. And our salvation is assured by his blood as we have faith in him. Praise God. Seven days from Easter Sunday. Commit yourself to drawing close to God during these seven days. Step up your prayer life. Step up your Bible reading. Read about the last days of Jesus here on this earth. You're going to find your faith renewed. You're going to find your spirit refreshed. You're going to have an Easter like you've not had as you continue to seek God. You see, there's something about this time of the year, like Christmas. People almost automatically get into Christmas spirit because of everything that's going on in our world, even the unsaved. But Good Friday, Easter Sunday morning, that's just for the Christians. That's for you and for me. That's for us to celebrate. That's for us to enjoy. That's for us to experience Jesus. Hallelujah. 
just consider a couple of things like this. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Just two verses of scripture. I'm going to read this for us. And it says there, He was in the world, and the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. How can this be? It's Palm Sunday. He's entering into Jerusalem. He made this world. He is the Jewish Messiah. Their king has come. It's no big thing for the most of the community. It's the disciples who are there. It's the followers of Jesus. It's the ones who have faith in Christ who are there for this event. Very important that we see that. A lot of people kind of think of themselves as saved because they're a Christian. So they go to a particular church, and it says Christian. They go to church on occasions, Christmas and Easter, and they're a Christian. Oh, no. It's about faith in the one who has come to this earth to be a Savior, and you need to have that Savior. God does not have plan B, nor D, or E, all of the above. No, there's only one plan that God has for this planet. To save this planet and only one, and that is found only in Christ. There's no other means of salvation. There's no other name to be called upon. If they're calling on other names, they're making a big mistake. They're wasting their breath and they're wasting their call. Jesus is the only one that can be called upon. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have something to help me here today. Things set up here on the table, and I'm going to be talking about them. The rocks are going to speak to us. Jesus said, approaching Jerusalem, if they don't praise me, the disciples are praising Jesus, and the Pharisees say to Jesus, tell your disciples to stop. Stop praising you. Really? You want me to tell the disciples to stop what they're doing? If they stop, the very rocks are going to cry out got a very rocky area in Jerusalem. There's rocks everywhere. I'm going to talk about rocks for a while today because the rocks can still cry out. If we examine the word of God and see what Jesus said about the rocks, the rocks are going to reveal to us who Jesus is. Hmm. Listen to rocks. Title for our message is, who is this? The rocks are going to tell us who this is. The first rocks we're going to be looking at today is this rock over here on the side of the table, cobblestones. I got this, borrowed it from a place just down the street where they do pavers, all kinds of paving, and you can buy all your paving supplies and everything there. And I went in there and I said, I need a cobblestone. And the guy proceeds to start telling me about paver stones, cobblestones. I said, no, no, I don't mean man-made cobblestones. I mean, God made cobblestones. Ah, he got my idea right away. I said, I'm using it for an illustration and a message. He said, come with me. He said, is that what you're looking for? I said, perfect. I said, I'm going to use this for preaching on Sunday. He said, take it with you. Just bring it back on Monday. Cobblestone is used many times for the roads. In fact, the city of Philadelphia, if you're old enough, 
if you can go back in time, all the streets in Philadelphia were cobblestone. What do they do that for? Well, there was no blacktop, there was no paving, there was no concrete. They put cobblestones in the street. Do you know why they had the cobblestones? Because Philadelphia is an ancient port, and they would use cobblestones in the ships so that the ships weren't going across the ocean like this. They would put cobblestones on this side to make the ship level, ballast. So with all these cobblestones, when the ships were unloaded, Philadelphia said, we'll take the cobblestones. And they would unload them. And then just take them and put the streets in with the cobblestones. Jesus, on the entrance into Jerusalem, is riding a donkey. And as this donkey is going along, he's walking on the cobblestones. The Romans built the roads because the Romans were smart. They built a road system that is still in existence today. Do you believe that? Pastor, when you walk down, if you walk down from the Mount of Olives, down the path that Jesus walked down to the Kidron Valley, it's blacktopped, but the base underneath the blacktop is the stones that were from the Romans way back in, in Roman history. Isn't that something? Just the plain old rock, but rocks on that day? No. Plain old rock? No. These rocks were ordinary rocks. People walked on them all day long. But that day, that becomes holy ground because the Son of God is traveling over those rocks. The same God who called out to Moses and says, Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. What made it holy? A holy God. Jesus is traveling down that hill over cobblestones. I've got some news for you. You might think I'm a nobody. I'm just an ordinary person. Nothing special going on in my life. I say my prayers. I go to church. I read my Bible now and again. That's about uh, all uh, I'm expecting God to use me doing. How long have those cobblestones been there? How old are the cobblestones? Don't discount your usefulness to God. God has his hand on your life. He's called you to him. And you know what? Not everybody's going to walk into a pulpit on Sunday morning. But you think God's only going to use that? He'll use you in the workplace. He'll use you with employees. He'll use you with employers. You'll drive the truck. He'll use you when you're making deliveries. He'll use us all week long. Ordinary people. This is God's plan. We don't have to have some higher church hierarchy for God to use us and make us successful in the kingdom of God. It's each one of us for God to use every single day, no matter what it may be. I don't care if you're just changing baby diapers. Pray over that baby, that baby in the knowledge of God. Sing hymns. Worship and glorify God. Evangelize your own family, your own kids. My sister Jane did it. Had a house full of kids, homeschooled them and everything else. I've got a nephew in Brazil right now as a missionary. Listen, there's no ordinary people when God has us. And when God's using us. And God just doesn't want to pass you by. 
God wants to pick you up and start using you. Praise God. Zechariah prophesied this whole thing. 600 years before Jesus is doing this. Zechariah 9.9. Your king comes riding on a foal of a donkey. That's some forecast, isn't it? What kind of forecast does God have over you? Let's be honest here. When you showed up here and you became a human being dwelling on this earth and everything, God didn't do, oh, well, what am I going to do with that one? Each one of us are specially made. Each one of us are produced by God. Each one of us have the plan of God on our lives. And there is no one else exactly like you. You're the only one. Stop trying to be like somebody else. They're already taken. Be you. Be the you that God has made you to be. Celebrate that. Hallelujah. Just going to drop this here with you right now. Take a piece of now and sow it into your future. Hmm? Yes. You're going to have all kinds of nows happening. One right after another, after another, after another. And right now you're in church. Seize now and sow it into your future. Take something from this message and sow it into your future. You'll be surprised in no time at all how you'll be able to look back in your life and say, there, 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 and there got me to here. Another thing is intersections in life. You know how you drive through intersections? You don't even give it a second thought. Well, you better not do that spiritually. God has specific, perfectly designed for us intersections in life where we intersect with the will of God and the plan of God. We're driving down the road every day and we're trying to pay attention and we're looking around and everything else. And, oh, something we don't want to have something happen. You know what? You're probably missing a lot of those God intersections. Pay attention each and every day. And you'll see intersection after intersection after intersection and God's direction of changing your life into his will and his plan. Praise the Lord. Our next point. Who is this? Rocks along the way. This one is just a plain old rock. Really nothing special about it. What would we be talking about this for? How is this going to connect to Jesus? What's this have to do with who is this? This rock is very old. How old? We don't know exactly how old. But one day, the Son of God and the Father, Father said, let there be light. And there was light. There was only darkness before that. And the Father said, let the waters recede, and land came forth. How long did this take? Well, if you watch television, they're going to tell you it took 25 million years. <laughs> it didn't take 25 seconds. It just took God speaking to it. This rock could say, I can tell you who this is, because the Bible tells me who this is. The Bible tells me that Jesus had everything created through him. And anything that is, is only there because of Jesus. I'm going to read it for you. John chapter 1 again, 
Through him, verse 2, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The rocks knew better who Jesus was on Palm Sunday than the Pharisees. Wild, isn't it? Huh? Anything that has been made has been made through Christ. That's amazing when we consider that. There would not be anything were it not through Christ. That rock could say, I was not anything until Jesus spoke me into existence. And everything came forth through him. Now, as we look at this, that's just a regular, ordinary rock. Can God use it? There's the holy city of Jerusalem. I know it's hard to see from way back there. You think there's enough rocks in there? You think there's enough rocks around Jerusalem? Huh? Absolutely. Look at all the rocks. Been there from creation of our world. But there's going to be something a little unique. What are the walls of the city made out of? Rocks. Stone. But you just don't go out and find these stones and put them all together like cinder blocks. They have to be quarried. They have to be cut out of rock. They have to be separated from bigger rock. They have to be sized. They have to be chiseled. They have to be chopped. They have to be smoothed. Or we can't use them on the walls for Jerusalem. They're just going to be a plain old rock by the side of the road. Christian, God wants to do some quarrying. He wants to take out the chisel once in a while. Sparks flying. Ooh, I don't like that. Chipping off imperfections. Chipping away at your life. Not to hurt you, not to harm you, Jeremiah says, but to give you a hope and a future. A hope and a future that's ordained by God. A hope and a future just like the rocks the city of Jerusalem surrounding it. Each one worked to a place of unity together with all the rest of the rocks. Peter tells us we are a household of God. We are an assembly of stones fitted together by our God making a dwelling place for him. Hallelujah. Oh, God has a wonderful plan. And except for the seven days of one week, our world's stuck. It's stuck in sin. It's stuck in trespasses. It's stuck in disharmony. It's stuck with the devil until Jesus came to set us free. Hallelujah. On the Friday... In those seven days, Jesus was willing to be crowned a king. Crowned a king on Friday. Not a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. Willingly accepting it. And then taking his cross, carrying it, dragging it to Calvary. Crowned with thorns, nailed to a cross. We know who Jesus is. 
He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's the King of kings. He's the God of heaven, the Son of God, who came that we, the sons of man, can become sons of God. And daughters can become daughters of God. To live with God in eternity forever and forever. And he did it all in seven days. Stand with me if you will. If you're here today and you are not sure of your salvation, it is not because Jesus didn't provide it. It's because you need to completely accept it. In a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you all to repeat it after me. But if you are here today and you do not have assurance of your salvation, or if you know that if you were to die this afternoon, you're not ready to stand before God, there's a way for you to get right. It's by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray this prayer. We're all going to follow me in the prayer. And you pray this prayer and you mean it with all of your heart. Call upon Jesus and you pray and you pray by faith and God will be faithful to save you. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I'm a sinner sinner. and I need to be saved. saved. Today, Lord, Lord, I'm calling upon you you to save my soul. I put faith in you you. and what you did on Calvary on my behalf. Your precious blood blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. unrighteousness. And Lord Jesus, Jesus, I give you my life life. and I will live for you and serve you you all the days of my life. life. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise God. Now, if you prayed, Right after this service is concluded here in a second, you come forward and tell one of the pastors that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. They'll pray with you, they'll help you, and they'll counsel you, and you need to confess that out of your own mouth. I have accepted Jesus as my Lord. God bless you. You are dismissed.